your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Make sure that we were going to talk about something at the top of the show that would cheer you up because unfortunately, and to some extent predictably at this time of the year, but of a different order uh, right now is the situation at the emergency department at University Hospital Limerick. You heard Gillian talking about it on Live 95 News and the news team have been covering it over the last few days as well. Record high attendances at the ED in UHL over recent days have led to the declaration of a major internal incident, the unprecedented level of ED attendance. Now imagine how high it has to be for an official statement to say unprecedented level of attendance. It's driven by a surge in patients with respiratory infections, including COVID-19, flu and RSV. And you'll notice that over the holidays, they have opened up the COVID-19 second booster to 18 to 49 year olds. And you can make your appointment uh, to uh, the HSE. Um, The UL Hospitals Group have talked about different actions that have been taken to address this very, very difficult situation. Extra staff, including nurses and doctors, have been asked to present to the hospital for duty. Staff are being redeployed to care for additional patients in the ED itself. Additional surge beds, as they're known, are being opened in Ennis, Nina and St. John's hospitals. They're converting day beds in UHL to inpatient beds and there's a focus on discharging patients wherever possible to home and the community. They're also converting a ward in Croom Hospital for medical patients. It's an orthopaedic hospital generally speaking. Only urgent elective surgery is going ahead in UHL over the coming days and all outpatient appointments for UHL are cancelled today. That is Thursday the 3rd of January. And in the official statement they say the hospital is advising anyone presenting to the ED with a less urgent condition, you will face an exceptionally long wait for care. And we know in general how long the waits can be. And they are urging the public to consider all available healthcare alternatives to ED. Less acutely unwell patients are being asked to consider injury units, GPs, out-of-hours GP services and pharmacists before coming to the ED. Injury units in Ennis, Nina and St. John's are operating as normal and there is also a ban on visitors uh, with the only exceptions being parents visiting children in hospital, parents, uh, people rather assisting confused patients, people visiting patients who are critically unwell or at end of life. That's on a case by case basis. And all these exemptions are limited to one person per patient only. The declaration of a major internal incident at University Hospital Limerick. Deputy Richard O'Donoghue, independent TD for Limerick, uh, joins me uh, this morning. Good morning to you, Richard. Good morning, Joe, and health and happiness to everyone in 2023. I think we need to start off with that first. Yes, Happy New Year to you. What are you hearing uh, yourself, Richard, about what's happening at UHL? Joe, what I'm hearing is is from the staff in the hospital. Um, I'm hearing it from the patients that are that want to go to the hospital. And I'm hearing the people that don't want to go to UHL. Um, what we have is, is, this didn't happen today or yesterday. If you go back a month ago, people were being told a month ago that you'll have a waiting time in the hospital of 24 and 25 hours. We've also been told for the last number of months that you go in there that if you get sick be- between on a Saturday or Sunday, that you won't get cared for until the Monday. 
because the staff isn't there. And now we're going back to the same people for the last, since COVID and before COVID, have asked for our help in UHL and we've been top of the pole for waiting list. Now, I do understand that there is a spike for respiratory, but there's a spike around the country. We've asked them to open up Ennis. We've asked them to, to open up John's for the last two and a half, three years. We could see that there's a, a rise in population. We can see that there's a fall off in staff within the hospital UHL because they're not staying there because they're burnt out, they're worn out. I, I, I spoke to Anne-Marie earlier on and I said that I had a son of mine that spoke to a student nurse there recently and she said she comes home out of UHL crying every night because she feels that she's done as much as she can, but she, she feels that she hasn't done enough. I've spoke to adult nurses that have been there for years are now leaving the hospital because it's, it's killing them. They're coming home broken from it because they're exhausted and they're coming home to their families. And they feel there's a, the problem in this hospital is not today or yesterday. It's, it's going on for years. And I called, and I've called for more than one time, that the management needs to step down because this should have been foreseen. It, the stats have been there and have been building for years. The population has been building for years. And the problems in UHL right. are there well, for years. Well, I mean, the management have said consistently that they have reacted as best they can within the resources available. And as you know, the Minister for Health sent a special team in there a few months ago. And we understood that changes had been made on foot of that. Yeah, some of the changes that were made on foot of that and um, Minister Donnelly was down there and I was there myself, I actually visited there myself um, and they said that yes, he did see a lot of the stuff that was happening. A lot of the staff have told me that not, some of the changes haven't happened. One change that they made, Joe, was that if you come in to emergency services and you go through, the, it's been assessed and then you go on to your next level. If a doctor doesn't see you on the next level within two and a half hours, you're brought back into the system again. So you're put back into the, the front face where, where they're already under pressure to get you out of it. And if a doctor hasn't seen you, they're putting you back into oh, the cold face well, again. Well, that, that seems a bit odd. I mean, where are you hearing that from and what's the point I've of it? I heard that from health officials within the hospital myself that that is what's happening. And what's the point of it? The point of it is that they're saying if the doctor has been seen that you go back in, that it's refreshed again, your case has been pushed again to put it back through. But they're putting you back in into the emergency service again, into the staff of the system. So it's almost a resetting to see if you can be seen a bit more quickly. Exactly. We've had people, I've been onto that hospital uh, on a nearly weekly basis with people ringing me to know that they're inside there, that they haven't been seen. Now, I had a case, and I mentioned this in the doll there before the doll closed, where a woman cut her leg. She rang the, the, the Shannon Dock. Shannon Dock wasn't available. So they said, you've got to go into the hospital. They sent her into the hospital by ambulance because they said it was the only way that, that she could go in. So she went in by ambulance. She went in at 8 o'clock in, in, in an evening. Uh, she was at 3 o'clock in the morning. Her son kicked up and said, listen, somebody has to see her. Her leg is, is cut. At four o'clock eventually in the morning, a student doctor came to them and said to them, sorry, we have no doctor on at the moment. Can I take a picture of your leg on my phone and send it to the doctor and he would advise me what to do? He was a student doctor. He was the only doctor on call for them that night inside there. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but but as, you, as you know, I mean, student doctors, junior doctors, you know, they are part of the process at, at hospitals around the country. 
Yes, but they need the backup from the, from the qualified doctors. That's the problem, is that they're putting in student doctors, student nurses, and they're asking them then to be like qualified people. They need the experience around them. To have a student doctor and ask them, can I take a picture of your leg and I send it to my, my, my consultant or my doctor that's over me, that's actually not in the hospital, Mm. That, that's, that's not right. We're talking to Independent Deputy Richard O'Donoghue, TD for Limerick this morning about the situation at the emergency department. A major internal incident has been declared there. And, and as I said in the official statement, and we have reached out to uh, UHL, we're more than happy to talk to somebody on the air this morning or tomorrow morning, uh, whenever they uh, need or wish to talk to us uh, to give us their perspective on this. But in the official statement, they say the hospital is advising anyone presenting the DED with what they describe as a less urgent condition. You will face an exceptionally long wait for care and they're urging the public to consider all available health care alternatives to ED. And from what we're hearing anecdotally, uh, Richard, GPs are under phenomenal pressure yeah. at the moment. Shannon Doc, I think, has had uh, an unprecedented number of cases through its service in the Midwest region uh, over the last couple of weeks. And then you talk to pharmacists, they're incredibly uh, busy. And I'm mentioning these because they're all being mentioned as alternatives to the ED um, and injury units uh, as well uh, available. However, as you know, we are hearing about pressure on emergency departments throughout the country at the moment. They're talking about uh, the RSV surge. They're talking about COVID-19. They're talking about flu peaking earlier than expected this year. All of that feeding into it. Richard. Yes, they are talking about that feeding into it. Joe, let's look at at history. Everything is feeding into it. Why is Limerick the first person or the first hospital system now that has come out and said that we now have an emergency? Why, why haven't we looked at the other hospitals in the other counties? Why haven't they? They seem to be able to managing at, at a different level. Which why the thing is, as ho- you know, the minister and the management have said that they have taken account of what's worked elsewhere. That that was one of the points of Minister Donnelly, the Minister for Health, sending in the very special team that he sent in many months ago. He sent in the special team and now we have um, a, a crisis where they're calling in that they have an emergency. That, that is their answer. A couple of months ago to now, they're now saying that they now have an emergency. Joe, ask the staff. Ask the people that have been well, in there. Well, since you mentioned that, it, it is true to say that the INMO, including in the Midwest, were talking during the summer yes. about the difficulties that were already there at that point, that the higher numbers on trolleys than would be expected at that time of the year coming out of COVID and saying that more needed to be done in anticipation of what is the normal peak anyway, which is the start of January. Yes, Joe. And then you go back and you ask the same service, why has Limerick got the highest turnover of nurses leaving UHL in the country? Why have they got the most of nurses and staff leaving UHL compared to any other hospital in the country? Why is it Limerick, again, that the nurses are leaving and the medical staff are leaving? Why? Because the supports haven't been put in place to support the staff that are there at the moment. Because now medical staff don't want to come to UHL. 
That is the problem that we're having. Why a Dunan want to come to UHL is because they feel they've been let down by the system. Now, Minister Donnelly, with all due respect, can come down and send down a team, and I welcome it. Anyone that comes down to try and help in Limerick, I welcome it. I want UHL to be the number one hospital in the country. With heavy heartedly, I want that to happen. But it's not happening. The staff are leaving. The mo- and I've asked for the figures on this. Where in the hospitals are they leaving? And how many years of service have people given that are leaving? Why are they saying that they don't want to go to UHL? Because they feel that they're not getting the resources so they can do their job and help the right. people in this, in this county. But, but Deputy O'Donoghue, what about all the extra beds that have been put in? Extra beds that have been put in also need staffing. Go back to the figures that we looked at a month ago. People being told that you have a 22 or 23 hour waiting list. Look at Eva Johnson. God rest her soul. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to get into that specific case now, Richard, because there's an inquiry going on there and we will cover that in due course. But what, okay. what, I, what I am interested um, in understanding is if the extra beds are going in and we understand there's another 96 beds uh, coming in as well. And we have been told that they have looked at the staffing of those beds and opening them up. Is it a reasonable conclusion for listeners to come to to this show? Because we've been covering this for well over a decade at this stage. That it doesn't really matter what's done. We seem to be playing catch-up and that that will always be the case. And maybe this particular situation, when it comes to Limerick, when it comes to the Midwest, is one that we'll just have to live with. No, we don't have to live with it. Did we have this problem when Ennis, Johns um, and Croom were opened with, say, when they had emergency services? Where they, The problem is, is we've got North Kerry, we have parts of Clare, we have Tipperary and we have Limerick and we've got a rising population and they wanted to create a hospital of excellence. It's not possible to do it in there. You look even down to a parking facility within UHL. The staff are parking above on top of lawns to try and get space within, within, within that hospital in Limerick. The space is not there. Let's look responsibly. Open up the other hospitals, the ones that they close in, into emergency services and put in operating services into and, those. And, and do you believe that that requires a specific envelope of consistent higher funding for yeah. Limerick than elsewhere on a percentage basis and that the government are just going to have to accept that they will have to put an awful lot of money into this as well as the changes we've talked about. Yes, because if they don't, Joe, if you looked at at, at a case now where somebody gets sick at the moment, a lot of people are not turning up to Limerick. How many people now are deploying themselves to the likes of Mallow, Cork and heading to Galway and presenting themselves there? Because they said if they go to Limerick, it's, it's 15, 20 minutes for them, but I've got a 22-hour waiting list to be seen. Or do I drive to Galway, Cork and say, right, I have two hours to be seen? Yeah, but of course, that's not necessarily the case in those other hospitals at the moment either. No, they're, they're under more pressure, but they're not as bad as Limerick. And why? Because, again, our staff... And now they're going back to the same staff that we called on for COVID-19 who gave us heavy day heartily they came in and all they got was a clap. That's all they got. We stood up in the country and we gave them a clap. Rather than giving them now, since 2019 until now, the resources to see them, that let them see light at the end of the tunnel where they can see, right, we're now getting the resources around us so we can go to work, do our job to the best of our ability and come home to our families that we're not feel like that we're, we're broken. 
Right. Finally, are you concerned that there are patients at the moment in Limerick who may have worse outcomes as a consequence of this situation? Yes, Joe, I am. I am very, very concerned of that, that there is people within the hospital that will have a worse outcome by staying within the hospital. And it's not, and I'll say this again, it's not the fault of the staff that's there. It's the fault of the lack of staff and the experienced staff that is wanted in that hospital. And I'm saying it again on air. If this management system, and I'm calling on it now again, that they should step down now and let a management system come into this hospital that they've had their chance, they're seven or eight years there now, and it's got worse and worse every year. If this is the case, let's get in new management, let's let the staff see that we, we're, we're revitalising it, that we're going to try something different. It hasn't worked. The management right. system hasn't worked okay. there. Let's try something new. Okay, well, Deputy Richard O'Donoghue, Independent TD for Limerick, thank you very much for talking to us this morning. If you've got views on this, let us know. You can WhatsApp or text us on 0861239595. And just to emphasise, alongside the official statements that we're receiving from the UHL group, uh, we uh, have reached out to them and we're more than happy to have them on the air uh, to explain more. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on